You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul begins his discussion of Genesis chapter 7, reading the Hebrew text alongside the KJV and RSV versions of the English text. In doing so, he exposes the limits of translation and the gross oversimplification, even disregard, for the author's original work. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. I printed out two copies of KJV and RSV, and I made notes on them. That would be an opportunity for me to convince my hearers that unless someone makes the effort to hear in the original, it's not going to work. It becomes just a story that you render on TV. In other words, it's a projection of your own mind instead of you being the recipient you become the producer and the director, and that kills it. That's what theology is all about. I mean, when I say theology, across the board, okay, all kinds of Jews and all kinds of Christians, they fall in this trap because, you know, they want to make sense. It's like you, Father Mark. You're going to be in your mind referring to the rain that happened in Minnesota the last week. Whether you like it or not, you cannot not do that. And that's the problem, is that one has to hear about the scriptural flood. And I would like my hearers to understand, because many people try to imitate me and say there is only the scriptural Christ and the scriptural God, even origin spoke about the scripture. I mean, that's pure nonsense. Scriptural means as it is written. And it was written in Hebrew, and there is a lot of play. And with these two texts in front of me, I'm going to show you how two English translations, assumedly respectable, in my eyes, KJV is more respectable than the RSV, but still you will see sometimes the RSV makes the better choice. Okay, but how would I know that unless I know the original? So I'm going to follow and read and make comments. Hopefully my readers will have the text in front of them. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. We can hear that the author is picking up on a statement he did earlier at the end of the Toledot of Adam. So the linkage is there, which shows us that the rest of chapter 6 was an intro to the flood, asking Noah to take his wife and his sons and his son's wives and the animals and so on. Now we're entering into the actuality, if you like. But again, interesting that the author makes the link that 
Noah is the key person in that he was righteous. Technically, he's not the key person because the key persons are the three sons and their wives because these are going to be get after the flood. Otherwise, nothing would have happened. If Noah would have been righteous and decided to take only his wife for another honeymoon, it wouldn't have worked. So that's very important, the first verse. And then you have the specifics now. Take with you seven pairs of clean animals. We know the play on seven because it's the defined number and then you have to offer them to God. But then notice how the KJV has the male and his female. The RSV, the male and his mate. The RSV is more, if you like, politically correct. But that's the trouble. Now, is the KJV closer to the Hebrew? Still not yet. Because the Hebrew has, in both cases, in the middle of the verse and at the end, ish wu ish tu. So technically to your ear, it means the man, the man male. The man and his woman, which is very striking, that the author is applying a terminology that fits only the human realm, also to the animals. And that is a central feature in the story of the flood. And you will see this later at the end of it, where we have something much more striking than that. But let's begin with that. So what I say in my book, and I stress, is something that does not happen. I mean, you cannot apply to say, oh, yes, it's like the pets that this lady neighbor of mine takes them to bed with her and say, no, 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 it's not the same thing. A shepherd never calls his lamb a pet. He calls it his child, remember that story that Nathan said to David, he treated her like his own daughter. I mean, these things are of the essence. Again, I have to repeat myself, and I'm going to continue doing this. Hopefully, at least some of my hearers will begin to see and hear how they are supposed to read the Bible. Otherwise, they are theologizing. So, very important. Ish wa ish a man and his woman. Now, the importance of that will be clear in that when we move to verse 3, and seven pairs of the birds of the air also, very important, not the water animals, but the birds have to be included. Male and female, he uses the other do it that we heard of at the beginning in Genesis, which is Zakar Unekeba, male and female. This one is technically male and female. Now you see what happens with the RSV. It has male and his female for Ish and Ishto, the male and the female for this. So actually it's watering down the issue. No, 
male and female, meaning that the author is reminding you of Genesis 1. To keep their kind, RSV, KJV is closer to the original, to keep seed, zera, very important, because the zera is one, except in the case of Seth. But it's one, in other words, it's the same kind of animals that continue through the flood. So there is no new creation, as people like to speak, after the end of the flood. There is no new creation, for a very simple reason, that the nations will come from the three sons of Noah and their wives. Zerah, very important. In verse 4, we have a case, just to point it out, you know, that I will send rain in RSV, is I will cause it to rain. Very interesting, the KJV, because it renders the original hifail, to cause something to happen, and you have it in Hebrew, mantir. That's what we have in Arabic when we say God sent rain. It is antara, whereas it rains is the matar. So he sent for 40 days and 40 nights. And very interesting, we have every living thing in KJV. In RSV, every living substance. One can guess that there is something going on in the original. And in the original, we have Hayqum which is the definite article followed by the passive participle from kum. In other words, the what is made to stand. We spoke about to raise, to make stand, and thus functional, not stand like you make a money stand. No, functional. Haikum. So very important. All that is made to stand and thus functional. That I have made. Very interesting. That what stands is what God has made. And we go back to Genesis 1 again. And he's going to destroy, and the original being erase, which brings us back to the beginning of chapter 6, completely efface from the face of the earth. And then, very interesting, I made that comment at the end of chapter 6, And here we hear it again. Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. It is as though you remember last time I said that Noah does not do much. He just does the directive of God. It is as though ultimately God is the agent through his word, as we shall see later in the book of Isaiah. It's his command that makes things 
functional. Actually, we encounter this in Genesis 1, where the earth produces automatically under the command of God. That's why the text would say the earth produced and God did, said. So all these things, again, are very important that God does through his messengers. The most classic example is Jeremiah. One can add also Ezekiel. But in Jeremiah, God puts his own words in the mouth of Jeremiah. In verse 6, we encounter something which is very important, namely that the first mention as to how the life of Noah was divided. You remember in the earlier forefathers, it was divided between before having produced the first son and after having produced the first son. Here with Noah, there is something different, which I touched upon earlier, that it is the flood that is the divider. Now, this has a very important side to it, namely that Noah was before and after the flood. That was the implementation of the action of God that gives us hope. In other words, the flood did not destroy completely Noah and then we have a new start. No. Noah straddles the flood. The flood does not end Noah. So, very interesting, again, for someone who has ears to hear. But again, as Chrysostom and Augustine told us, if you can't make much sense of that, just keep reading. At one point, it becomes clear from Scripture itself. And then, notice in chapter 7, Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his son's wives with him, which is the most important element. Remember, at the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 6, it's the woman that gives birth. So his son's wives, very interestingly, we don't have their names even, but they are the begetters. Very important. Remember at the end of chapter 4, I said the difference between Ha'adam and his wife Eve at the beginning of chapter 4 and at the end of the chapter 4, Adam, the individual without the definite article, and his wife. There is no Eve. So the name is eliminated. Eve is mentioned twice and she's gone. It doesn't matter. She's the mother of all living, and all this happens through her, as we say in Arabic, daughters, the daughters of Eve, the women. And then we have a repetition in verse 8 of the animals. But then we have the third kind of this and that, the double, the pair. The first one was ish, ishto. Man and his woman or his wife. The second one is Zakar Unakaba. And the third one is the factuality. Shunaim, Shunaim. Two, two. Two by two. Okay? So, when we hear these three, then we realize that the author 
could have chosen one of the three. Shonaim, Shonaim would not have meant male and female, but obviously the hearer would have guessed. I mean, why would you take two males or two females? And then the confirmation of that is found at the end of nine, where we have Zakar Unakaba. So in one verse, half of it says Shonaim, Shonaim, and the other one makes it clear is male and female. And once more, as God had commanded Noah, this refrain is very powerful in chapters 7 and 8. Very powerful. If it is eliminated, the hearer does not get the impression that God is in control. But theology has no problem with that because in theology you assume that God is in control even if the author does not mention that. But this is silly. This means it is your take on the story. It's not the take of the author who is the originator. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.